As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Bryant, and I have the pleasure of having a good friend and colleague, Aaron Lee, on the show. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's almost summertime around these parts as we're recording. So counting down the days for the kids to get out of school really shifts gears and love on them this summer. Spend some good time, some good quality time with them outside and not have to pack lunch every morning. That's that's <laughs> what I'm counting down the days for. But we're good here. No, that is good. So Aaron and I met each other because at the time we were both a radio show host for the International Business Growth Radio Network, IBGR. And so that's re- really where I began my journey of podcasting or doing things that are live. And it's actually where I really heard myself the first time and said, oh, crap, I really don't sound too good. So I need to get better equipment and get better equipped personally to be able to bring great content to our audience. So, Aaron, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And when you get finished telling a little bit about yourself, I want you to tell us one thing that would not show up on your resume or online or any anything like that. What's one thing about you? So, all right, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm a leadership consultant, and I got into this world because in – Multiple of my previous worlds in nonprofits, emergency management, faith sector, I worked with a lot of partner organizations. So I didn't just get to work for certain leaders. I got to watch a lot of leaders up close in other organizations. And based on those, the mission of those organizations, there were some headline big name organizations changing the world, both nonprofits, as well as local, state, federal government, leaders in every sector I was running across. And I started to see these patterns play out in their leadership. Leaders turning over, lots of change happening. I would try to call a partner and all of a sudden my contact was gone off to a new role. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of these things started to fly together. And I realized at one point, you know what? There are so many challenges that leaders face. They need the skills, they need to be equipped and built up so that they're ready to lead, to tackle each day, the changes that are flying in their face day in and day out. And so it was kind of a confluence of worlds for me. Things came together and I had an opportunity to start working with leaders, teams, and organizations on strengthening their their communication, collaboration, to overcome the drama, the turnover, the conflict, the just how paralyzed some organizations were at even tackling or doing anything new. They just sit there spinning their wheels. And really where it became real for me was when I started, I wasn't only seeing those things in other people, but when I started to see it in the mirror in myself, yeah, I thought, all right, I need to do something about this, not only for me, but for other people as well. So obviously coming from human services, people-oriented nonprofit sector, It was a natural segue for me to serve people 
and to work with leaders to unlock their potential. And it's been an exciting journey. I've loved the diversity, the experiences. And we'll get into some of those specifics, but every day is different. And I love that. About, so, so how long about have you been doing, doing that? I've been full-time in consulting about three years, shifted okay. from emergency management, leading volunteers to respond to natural and man-made disasters. Made that shift about three years ago, but was coaching consulting alongside that role for a few years prior. So it's pretty interesting because some of the people that listen to the show are in the highway maintenance arena and from the maintenance perspective and operations perspective, we would be the ones that have to respond to those natural disasters. And so there's an interesting connection there that I don't even know if I knew before you actually going through that part of the story. So What's the one thing that our audience might find interesting about you that they're not going to hear this anyplace else, anyplace else? You're not going <laughs> to hear this one anywhere else. And I haven't actually talked about this in a while. I was on a trip in uh, Southern Africa about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and we had ventured out into a village. So the long and short of it is I have a criminal record in a police station in a small town in rural Zimbabwe because they didn't like us being there as Americans. That that was really politically what it came down to. Thankfully, we had a contact with one of the big hotel chains. Mm -hmm. He played the tourism card and said, if you lock these Americans up, which we were real close to spending a night in this rural Zimbabwe in jail. He played the tourism card and said, if you do this, we won't ever have tourists again. Oh, wow. And so they, they let us go. But this was, like I said, about it's about 17, 18 years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. I had one of the early iterations of a digital camera. Mm-hmm. So the one thing they wanted was to see our photos so they could confiscate any images that they didn't want out of the country. Mm-hmm. And so they confiscated my digital camera. I swiped out the memory cards, put a blank one in. So when our team leader went back to pick up our cameras, they said, what is this? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I'll show you. Here, get together. And so I got one picture on my camera when I got it back, which was our team leader and two police officers in that police station oh. so that he could prove to them what a digital camera was. But oh wow, a fun memento to get back off my camera when it came back. No, that's pretty cool. And I see for those of you that are looking at the video, you have your book. How many books have you authored or is it just the one book? Just the one book, The New Generation Leader, published that at the beginning of 2021. That was my COVID project. I had yeah. outlined it back in 2019, sat on it for a while, but brought it to life through that COVID year that we all had. Okay. Working on another one right now about where our, where our brains naturally lead us astray while we're trying to lead. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done-for-you services or as done-with-you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. Ooh, I think a lot of people are going to need that one. A lot of people, I think I am going to actually need that one. I think a lot of us struggle with being able to focus and attention when there are so many important issues that we're dealing with. So, so Aaron, what, one of the interesting things, and I wanted to bring you on the show and thank you for coming on the show is that 
in your role as a leadership consultant and working with teams and individuals, it's you have this picture of pre-COVID during the heat of COVID and now what the new normal is transforming into being as we are leading out of a pandemic. We're not on the other side of it, but we're continuing to lead out of it. And so I would really like to get your take on how some of your work or how your clients are dealing with this new normal, but take us through some of the, what was happening before as compared to what's happening now. One of the things that we talk about a lot is the difference between being intentional versus being accidental as a leader. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us just naturally are accidental. This is actually one of the chapters in my new book that I'm working on. Okay. Comes out of this psychological dynamic that we all innately believe that our way is the right way. That's just where we start. Yeah. So that is our accidental perspective because spoiler alert, not everybody is alike for lots of many different reasons. And so we tend to talk about communication styles and how that impacts our communication in the workplace and all of the other ways that our stories, our life experiences impact what we're bringing to the table. So leaders have always been accidental. Cultures have always been accidental. Mm -hmm. And there was something, this is a, another dynamic, I think, in that old world pre-2020 that we just get comfortable. Yeah. We get comfortable and we, we don't think it's actually as bad as it is. And we reflected with some friends that a lot of us worked together at one point in time. And we were reflecting, this was last summer sometime. We spent a late night together at the lake walking through. Oh, do you remember the time when? Oh, do you remember this? Yeah. How about yeah. this time? And once we went through all of those experiences we had had, we all looked at each other and said, how did we hang on that long? And this yeah. was well before COVID. Yeah. And so we were getting comfortable. We're being accidental. And I think COVID was that big reorienting shift for a lot of people that really was a gut check. What is my purpose? Simon Sinek's infamous quote, what's my why? Yeah. And so as people started to reflect on that, think about that, we talked a little bit ago that a hundred percent of my clients right now are having trouble hiring. Yeah. Where did all the people go? And there's a variety of dynamics. My parents retired a smidge before 65 mm -hmm. and made that decision over the last few months. They just retired. So you've got some people retiring earlier, maybe giving up a part-time job they had on the side, mm -hmm. dual income families shifting to one and a half or just one and recognizing, hey, we can do this with just one. Just so many things changing around us, not to mention all of the societal, cultural changes that were happening. So here we are reorienting. Now we've experienced digital remote work. That's a mm -hmm. whole new way of working. The challenges that came with that, there's two, two statistics. One, Americans on average in the first few months after COVID worked three more hours per day. And I just saw last week that the statistic that I think it was 217% increase in the number of meetings. Yes, I saw that too. <laughs> like, what are we trying to do? Somebody else on LinkedIn last week said, micromanagers have had to learn how to trust through the pandemic. They're not seeing their people. They can't go hover yeah. over their shoulder every day. 
And on the one hand, yes, you can shift from accidental micromanaging into intentional trust, or you can schedule more meetings and make sure your people are actually working and on the screen. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure how we expect people to do work when they're always on a screen. If you're always on a screen and you're always in meetings, it is difficult to do work. So one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that before the pandemic, it was easy for leaders to just be accidental. We were managing our folks where we're doing what we were doing. We would kind of read and react. You would read what's going on and react. But normally you react with what your solution is or what you think your solution could be. As we entered into the pandemic, those folks no longer had the luxury of being accidental, because if you're trying to be accidental, you're going to be lost. And so leaders and managers had to begin to take steps to be much more intentional in their approach to how they were going to manage their fully remote teams. Right. Right. And now we have this dynamic. We don't have all the people that we used to have. Mm -hmm. We're trying to reorient and put back together a plan to keep blazing forward into the future. Now, maybe we're coming back partially, completely in person, some sort of hybrid. And so if we're being accidental and we're trying to put these plans together, responding to change, moving boldly into the future, mm-hmm. we're going to keep leaving people on the sidelines uh, and, uh, along the way. And what I would add, Aaron, and uh, by the time this airs, this the episode that I'm talking about uh, would have aired as well. There's a the whole different dynamic. And what I like to say is that the people that you led before the pandemic and during the pandemic are not the same people that you're leading now because we've undergone two and a half years of collective trauma there. And there are people who have made really lifestyle decisions, particularly when it comes down to how much time and effort they're going to spend at work, how much time and effort they're going to actually spend doing, you know, there are people that used to do the extra stuff. Well, that time is now spent with their kids and their family and pursuing those other things that came to light during the two and a half years of the pandemic. And so you come into the office, you're expecting them to be the same person. They're not the same person. So even as managers and leaders, we have to continue to adapt. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but I have found uh, even more so in the past few days, this brain fog, my own confusion. I'm trying to come up with a name or remember a person person or a book or resource, whatever it is. I'm like, I'll think about it eventually. It'll come to me at some point. And I've found over the last two years personally that, like you said, that trauma that we've been through, the experience that we've had has pushed us and stressed us and challenged us all that when we think about what we have to do at work versus raising the bar to what we want to do at work. Yes. A lot of that want to isn't happening for a variety of reasons. And for me personally, I'm struggling for some of those want to's, the extra things that I'm at the end of the day for a variety of reasons. I just don't have that burst of energy like I would have two, three years ago. I want to invite you to the next unwebinar. What is an unwebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. 
The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next Unwebinar today. Yeah, and you know what, Aaron? I tell you, as I tell my clients, that's okay. It is okay because you are, you're comparing yourself to your previous self, right? You're saying, this is why I used to have this energy and I used to be able to do this. I could work all the time and then do this. No, that's not who you are right now. That is not who you are. Now that may be, it may be good or bad if that's who you want to be. But I say, take stock, look at your whole life and see where is that energy now going to? Is it going to more self-care? Is it going to more time with the kids? Did you use that energy packing lunches for the kids that you mentioned a little bit earlier? But it's like, it's okay. This It is what it is at this point. Right. And there's a point with the intentionality that, and I think this has come up all the more recently with headlines on pursuing mental health. How do we mm-hmm. get healthy? Yeah. And you saying that really drives the emphasis home one of the things that I talk with leaders about and work with them on is you need a healthy foundation. You have to be strong. And I use the word peace a lot of times. Mm-hmm. One of the tools that we use is built on peace, but not just in peace, like world peace. I go back to the Hebrew translation of peace, which is shalom. Mm-hmm. And shalom is a full and total sense of personal peace and well-being, health and well-being. And so if leaders aren't healthy, they can't give what they don't have themselves. Yes. And so we've got to get them healthy. And that's really the foundation in any team anywhere. And I started to include that tool as my introduction point in workshops with healthcare leaders in the summer, fall of 2020. Another consultant friend elevated that conversation. And I said, you know what? I need to jump in with you on this. We need to check in with people like we did at the start of the show. Every time we talk to somebody, hey, how are you? Yes. Well, here in the mid-Atlantic in the South, we generally get good, fine. I'm okay. (laughs) But what does that mean? And so with your team members, they're bringing, like you said, all of the family, the whole, the outside of work things, they're bringing it to the office because especially on those hybrid days, they're not even in the office. That home life is six feet away. That yep. six miles away. And so it's all just front of mind and weighing on us. And so when we get back to that healthy foundation, that's where we start with leaders is how do you have a healthy foundation before you do anything else? Work on you. Yeah. And one of the ways that I incorporate that is to tell people that the most selfish thing that you can do is not care for yourself because if, and I make the distinction between the fact that there's a difference between self-care and selfish care mm-hmm. and self-care, you are doing the things that you need to do to be able to be restored and have the energy so that you can pour your life out as a leader into the people that you're leading, whether that's your family, whether it's your church, whether it is your community, you absolutely need to have that foundation for you to be able to move forward and do what you need to do to show up as the best version of yourself, you have to care for yourself. Just in how during the pandemic, and what I like to say, the people that you led are not the people that you're leading. Yes. Yeah, so here's, I'll walk through the five components of our Peace Index tool, because Mm -hmm. I think it underscores what you just said and why certain things changed. 
So we say rate these five things on a scale of one to a hundred and then average them together. So you're going to look and see which individual factor is low and also how your overall sense of peace or shalom is. So number one is your sense of purpose. And as we talked about, individuals awareness of their purpose changed through the pandemic. And so now for that factor, what they're calibrating their score against in their overall sense of peace related to purpose has changed. Then you've got the place, the physical location where you are. And I I know a lot of people, there's one, one team I work with and I've been on site with them. They're in one of those cool mixed use urban settings they got great restaurants down the street from their office. They've been remote now for two years. They haven't been able to visit their favorite restaurants. People talking about their commutes being different. As bad as their commute may have been, they enjoyed listening to podcasts or a radio show, catching up on this podcast. Without those times and triggers and transitions, there's been positives, there's been negatives. But we've also had to adapt our homes into our workspaces. Yes, And so place is a significant factor for people. Then we've got provision. Do you have what you need? And our current reality right now, inflation and gas prices and all those other factors, that's an influence on how well we're able to provide for ourselves and those who are relying on us. Then we've got personal health. And in this factor, we we factor in physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. So in all of those ways, what's most important to you? How is your personal sense of health? And the fifth one is people. So how are those people relationships? Mm -hmm. And at work, one client team I was talking to last week said, we had an incredible in-person culture, but now their headquarters has moved. Their key leadership have moved. They will probably never go back to that in-person culture all in one place. And it is not the same in a virtual environment. They don't. They can't pop in. They can't just catch up over coffee. Or in this case, it was a workplace where they open the taps at 10 a.m. in the morning sometimes. (laughs) So they can't just catch up over a drink or whatever the case may be for them. So that those people relationships are different, especially as all the rest of us are taxed. We're each carrying each other's burdens all the more. Yeah. So those five factors give individuals individual leaders, a great calibration of how really am I doing? And if I feel like there's a weight on my shoulders, maybe I can identify where that weight's coming from. And then if I'm leading people, I can check in with them more than just how are you today? But James, I can't tell you how many times on LinkedIn in the last week I've seen my workplace has been very supportive. I just lost a family member, trouble with a kid, an illness, I don't know that I can count them on just one hand. The number of times I've seen posts like that, everybody's experienced something, some level of loss, stress, challenge over the last two years. That wasn't unique to the pandemic. It maybe just got dialed up a little bit. Yeah. But when we truly check in on our people, understand what they're bringing, recognizing them as a whole person beyond just what they can produce at work, then we're able to get more from them in the long run. No, I think that's, that is great insight, Aaron. And I agree totally a hundred percent. You know, so one of the questions that I would have for you is you have people that are in this situation. They have some of their workforce that are in the office, some that are, that are participating remotely. 
So what are some kind of key points or suggestions that you have for leaders as they're leading their organization or their team through this new normal, through this period of having that hybrid workforce? Obviously, communication styles are critical. And we think mostly about communication tools, but what about styles? Mm -hmm. What about how we're showing up? What insights we're bringing? And so when we start to mix how we're communicating, I don't know necessarily that we've gotten less productive, but because we've shifted from in-person sometimes to email, text, Slack, Zoom meetings, our modes have shifted. Yeah. But our productivity probably hasn't moved the needle all that much one direction or another. And so one of the key insights for teams, there's a tool that we use that called the five voices that helps team members understand each other. And I can read a text message when I know, hey, this is the voice that James tends to speak with. I read your text message, your email, your Slack message. I filter through our live conversations Mm -hmm. differently than if I don't know what voice perspective you're bringing. So what would those, what are those five voices? So the five voices from quietest to loudest Mm -hmm. and by quietest to loudest, I mean less, least likely to speak up to most likely to speak up is nurture our relational caretaker, the oil inside the engine of your team, the creative voice, which is very futuristic, idea driven, sometimes perfectionist, scanning the horizon for all the possibilities and opportunities. Mm -hmm. We've got the guardian. Black and white, logical systems, process oriented. Probably a lot of engineers are guardians (laughs) or have at least had to adopt guardian skill sets. But guardians like the process. They want to make sure the project is moving forward methodically and systematically. Mm -hmm. Then we've got the two that are loudest that if we're being accidental, we'll just railroad everybody else. Okay. And that's the connector, which is highly relational, the person that works the room and knows everybody everywhere. And if you need something, oh, you should talk to my good friend so-and-so down down the block. They always know somebody and they'll just pick up a conversation. And then last but not least, the pioneer who are so driven, so purposeful, trailblazing towards the future, they get locked in on a goal and just set off going after it. Vision winning is the driver for them. And so they'll, pioneers will come into a room and say, I know the plan. Here it is. Get on board. Let's go. Yeah. Connectors will always be excited, jumping around like Tigger about their new idea. (laughs) Guardians are going to ask questions and want the details. Creatives are when they do speak and they're going to be more reflective and slower to speak up in the room. It's probably not going to make sense at first. Because it's just so far out to the future. Okay. And then nurturers are always going to check in on you. They always want to make sure you're okay. As a voice, they're so burdened right now by Mm. providing care for everyone throughout the pandemic. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. 
And I imagine that it's really key to not only understand your team members and the voices that they have, but understand your own voice and then the inner mix in how you communicate and need to package your communication to be able to communicate effectively to someone that uses a different voice. And I will, th- that raising your level of awareness is really key because that eliminates judgment. Because a lot of times we judge those people that do not speak with the same voice that we have or the one that is the antithesis of our voice. So it's like, I don't know why did they always think this way or why they're always asking these questions. That's part of who they are and how they're wired. And if you really want a a well-rounded team, then you need to have those different voices so that you can move forward in a real comprehensive way. Absolutely. And my voice is pioneer. And so my tendency, if I'm being accidental, is to come in and say, here's where we're going, let's go. And what I've had to realize is, let me shift to being intentional. Pioneers only make up 7% of the population, which means, like you said, there's another 93% that I need to factor into my plans. Yeah. And what I've recognized is when I slow down and I listen to everybody else, I can put the pieces of all of their perspectives together and make our plan far greater than my plan was if I had just launched into it from the beginning. But it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes that awareness that I need to know myself, my own tendency, how I am going to show up. And I have to make a choice to show up differently and to prepare differently and follow those nuances of the people I'm working with. Figure out, like you said, how to build a bridge And communicate, even if it's not natural for me, communicate in a different kind of way to someone else, whether it's a team member, whether it's my wife, my kids, the team I'm coaching at the Little League, whoever it is, I've got to translate that to meet them where they are. Yeah, man, communication is absolutely key. As we are about to wrap up this particular episode, are there any other kind of success principles or words of wisdom that you would have for our podcast audience? Yeah, I would say when you look at what your team is doing, we've talked a lot about tendencies where we all naturally go. And if we see a problem, we want to fix a problem. Communication, the relationships and trust building take time. And so when we see a problem, our tendency is to go to something structural. How can I reorganize this team, hire somebody new, fix the structure so that we can start working again? When in reality, we've got to build that healthy foundation as a team, as a company, as an entire system where I know what you're saying. I understand how you're communicating and we trust each other to get the work done and get the job done so that we can collaborate. Then and only then does the structure help us facilitate that next level growth and opportunity. So, But again, just like in a team, just like with leaders, we've got to be 100% healthy ourselves so that we can multiply that out to the people around us. And so what I'm hearing is that people are the foundation that the structure is built on. That if you don't have a proper foundation, it's not going to be able to hold up any structure. And whether that's a business, whether that is a highway, a bridge or a house, if you don't, if the foundation is not solid, then it's going to crumble. 
um, and people are that foundation. Aaron, I, I want to thank you again for your time. I know you have a lot of other different things that are going on and we would love to have you back on the show to talk about some of those things in the future. I'm going to end this episode as I end every episode. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, but there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it and achieve the life of their dreams. I want to congratulate you, Aaron, on being part of that select few. Thanks. Thanks, James. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks. Thanks.